Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Good morning. I think church should be fun. I think church should be exciting. I think we should hoot and holler. You know, if Jesus came in here and walked out on the stage, I can't see him um, actually getting excited about a bunch of people that just stand there. Thank you. But you know, if we gave him a rock star welcome, right? Isn't that what you would want? People get so excited. I mean, he died for you. And, and if he walked out here right now, we should just be, this place should erupt. That's why we sing the music that we do and we, we have this simple mentality that we're just excited for what he did for us. So on Super Bowl weekend, I see all you guys, right? You guys go nuts. Your, your favorite player runs with a ball and you're hooting and hollering and people, I, I actually called this message our tailgate party. I, I, I see you guys. I, I do. I, I guess I was kind of like this too, but we, we go crazy for our football games. Even our local school here, you know, the, the diesel trucks all blow smoke out of them, and, and here we sit in here worshiping God. Don't you think he deserves a little more excitement? Don't you think? He, he does. He does. He should have that kind of excitement. Now, I sat with somebody this weekend, and we went through the whole salvation thing, and she had hit rock bottom, and we, we encouraged her and told her how much we loved her. And, you know, if I had her up here right now, you guys should erupt. This, this is a touchdown. This is, this is the first down. In this, in this football game we got, this, I'm going to turn this Super Bowl into an analogy of church, and I hope you can kind of follow along. I, I, I wrote like eight pages. I probably won't use any of them. but Okay, so the goal line is going to be eternal life. Right? That's what we're all trying to get to. The ball is the word of God. God is the team owner. Jesus is the coach. And the Holy Spirit is the quarterback. The first down line is reaching one lost. One lost soul. Every time we can advance 10 yards, we can pick up one lost soul. Isn't that the function of the church? And yet when your team makes a first down, you erupt all over social media and everything. But one person comes to Christ and you're like, oh, that's cool. Good for you. The evil one is the opposition. Satan owns that team. The Antichrist is the coach. And the false prophet is the quarterback. They have a trinity just the way that we do. And we're at at this battle with them. And you will hoot and holler and scream and yell and wear jerseys and everything else. And yet we save somebody and you just sit there. What about somebody in your family? What about somebody that you were concerned about their salvation and they accept Christ? You ever see anything like that on Facebook or anything? But yet the Eagles and the Chiefs, are are we going to have to separate people here? Right? You see where I'm getting at with this stuff? 
So, so what I want to do is turn this into, into our, um, our training process. This is, this is training. We meet on Sunday mornings. But, of course, the game is out there. And, in fact, I even set up a kiss cam. Right? We have a jumbotron, and we have a kiss cam. Can we turn on the kiss cam? Huh? Somebody, some, there you go. Good job. Yeah, I, I didn't plan enough ahead of time to put one up here. <laughs> Can you understand how exciting this is? If you are part of the church and you are a Christian, this should be one of the most exciting things ever. And yet we're all psyched up about this football game where they follow a little pigskin thing around. And oh, we go crazy. We, we make bets. You can bet everywhere now. But yet we come in here to save the lost. And one gets saved and everybody just cool. That's awesome. We'll get another chair. Why can't we be that excited for the church? Why can't the church be this team? We are a team, and we're trying to advance at least 10 yards at a time. And I'll tell you what, every once in a while, we get one that's a little rebellious, and it pushes us back. We get, we get sacked once in a while. Now, I'm going to try to throw out some football terms here. As you can see, I'm not a big football guy, right? We get sacked once in a while. Somebody says something about somebody, and... It hurts, and they call us names and, and all this kind of stuff. And one of them will be a little embarrassed and won't really defend the word. And we take a little hit. But you know what? A good team with a good quarterback and a good coach picks their stuff up and gets back in the game. Why can't we be that excited? Why can't we be that excited in here on Sunday morning? But everybody's so worried about their favorite football team. And some of you, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, you know their stats like the back of your hand. You know how old they are, what their spouse's name is, how many yards they ran last year, who drafted them, whether they're offense or whether they're defense. And I've seen you guys, somebody will trade somebody, you know, and, and go back and forth and, oh boy, the place erupts. But yet, we have this playbook that nobody seems to care much about. And we don't really know a lot about our coach, and we don't really talk to our, our quarterback very often. He's given us plays all the time. We have plays that we should run. They're all in here. We don't, we don't even think about it. Best playbook ever. To win. To reach the lost. And we sit there like a bump on a log... I'm guilty of this sometimes. I had a friend of mine, uh, I, I'm sure I've told you all this before, got saved, just on fire. And uh, went to a, a wedding or something and went up to the pastor and said, I got saved. And the pastor's like, dude, okay. All right, man. Really? You know, he was looking for this excitement. Yay, we got another one. And of course, even the pastor thought he was kind of a weirdo. Yeah, I got saved last week. Uh, dude, step back. I'll social distance your butt, you know. I'm sorry about that. This, this team isn't politically correct. Sunday morning, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. 
They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get the crown that will last forever. We are in strict training. We're going to do it here this morning, and then we're going to do it out there. And we're going to play the game. You have to put into practice the plays that you learned, how to do it, when to do it. And, of course, we have to have some defense, too. I call these the prayer warriors. The different players on the team, I'm going to give you an example of some of them, and I want you to pick which player you are. Um, some advance the word about the football. Some are cheerleaders and fans for encouragement. That any of you? Some are trainers. These would be the mature in the church, the ones that disciples others. They're the trainers. We have the equipment handlers. We have water boys. I call that the hospitality team. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Julie. I didn't. Actually, they are the doers. They are actually the ones that are doing a lot behind the scenes that nobody ever talks about. They are the doers, the backbone of the church. How about the special team? We got those. Last week we talked about stepping out of the boat. We have special team players too. I'm going to call this the kicker, right? He sits there for most of the game, gets down to the last few seconds, and boy, he better do it right. Right? He's going to come in and, and kick a field goal and hopefully win the game. If he doesn't, what happens to him? Oh, let's not even talk about that in church, right? We have special team players that are ready at a moment's notice to step in wherever they need. We have some that block. This is the front line of the church. These are the prayer warriors. These are the people that are trying to keep the enemy from moving us backwards. We're moving forward, and all they do is worry about him not getting in this place, in your hearts. And we have angels. I call them the communications. They're the social media people. They keep everything running good. They're the HR department. And you are all part of the team. And you all have a position in it. And God gives gifts as he sees fit to advance the word of God, to expand his kingdom. And we sit there like a bump on a log. You are on the best team ever. And this is not just a Super Bowl. This is the Super Bowl. And some of them are not going to make it. And you are on a team that is trying to reach the lost. And there should be some excitement. There should be some, some moving forward. Yeah, you get sacked once in a while. You lose a little ground. But you pick yourself back up and you go after it again. Somebody hands you the ball and you go for it. Well, I want to talk about the ball for just a minute. Because a lot of times we take this ball and we start running with it when we really don't know what to do with it. You better know the ball first. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Everybody should actually know this. This is the purpose of the word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is prof profitable for doctrine. That means you use it to teach. For reproof. We all know what that is, right? To, for correction and instruction, instruction for righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's change that wor word work to play. Be equipped for every good play. This is the football. And this is written for you. 
You have to read this first. And as you read through it, you apply it to yourself before you ever apply it to anybody else. You got to know the ball that you're carrying. But what we want to do is we want to take this and we want to run to somebody so that we can get our own way. And we break it open and we say, right here, you should be doing this. You should be doing this right here. When the person holding the ball doesn't have a clue what to do with it. We call this a hypocrite. You have to apply this to yourself first. So all these things, um, profitable for doctrine, that means to teach you. For reproof, this would be uh, rebuking, is for you. For correction, for you, the reader of it. Instruction for righteousness is for you. This applies to you. And if you take this and you go to somebody else and say, well, right here it says you should be doing this. But you don't do it yourself. You know what you are? You are an armchair quarterback. Armchair quarterbacks think they know how to do everything. Oh, I should have done this. And what did they do that for? Oh, and that was the stupidest play. Can you believe they did that? But yeah, you're not doing it. That's what happens with the Word of God the same way. We use it to try to get what we want. I found my nose, by the way. It was behind my Bible. Why do you want to take this football and start handing it to people and telling them how to run with it, what to do with it, how to use it, when you don't do it yourself? You are an armchair quarterback. Stop doing that. Apply it to your own life first. Once you get through something and know how to read it and how to apply it to your own life, then maybe somebody might ask you how you did it. Now you have the privilege to tell them. But until you apply it to your life, this is actually repentance to change your ways. Now, I, I used to play football for the Baltimore, uh, oh, I don't know the teams. Is that, is that baseball? Baltimore Ravens. Dude, I'm too old for that. We had the Baltimore Colts. You don't even know what that is, do you? Okay, good for you. I'm old. I don't know all this stuff. But I do know how to handle the ball in the Super Bowl that we're in. And I know it's to apply it to my life first before I ever try to teach anybody else. And I better not try to tell them how to run a play unless I've run it before and been successful with it. There are people standing out there on the corner. I call him the bullhorn guy, right? Just fire and brimstone. And how effective is that? How about if you apply it to your life and they see what's happened? This would be the repentance. This is the evidence of your faith and say, hey, I see you're different now. You know, now you have the privilege to tell them, well, I got a new playbook and I'm trying to run some of the plays. You see how this could just open a conversation. They're like, what are you talking about? This is the best team ever. This is our local team right here. We're not against the other teams. We're against the enemy. There are only two teams in this bowl, this Super Bowl. And we're all on the same team. But what happens is we want to be the one to run them with the ball. I'm tired of just sitting here. I want to run with the ball. Why are you letting that person run with the ball? I should be the one to run with the ball. You see, but the coach has given everybody their gift. You ever been on a team where you wanted to play first base, but the coach thought you were a better catcher because he saw something in you, but you really wanted to play first base? And you knew the playbook forward and backward. I know them all, and I want to play first base. 
And the coach says, well, typically we put a left-handed person on first base. Well, I just went down a baseball path now, didn't I? I'm going to paraphrase some of this. This is what causes division in the church. Somebody thinks they're better than somebody else or somebody's getting a little too much attention than somebody else. I actually try to go for somebody that might be lost or new. I want them to feel the love. I want them to be welcomed. And all of you seasoned, mature Christians, I can talk to you tomorrow. Right? Can you? you know. Now, if I shunned you this morning, I'm not trying to justify anything. <laughs> somebody new comes onto the team. New draft pick. They walk in this building. You should be just so loving to them. So kind and gentle to them. Instead of saying, I know the team he used to play for. All right? Come over here. Let me tell you. You see that, that one right there? It's gonna, you you think it's going to be on your team? Well, let me tell you about how they used to play. Don't we do this? I don't have any more t-shirts. I better quit hammering people. Right? Don't we do this? We, we want to let everybody know where they've been and what they've done. In fact, if they've become a new creation, you could care less. You should care less about their past and only their future and hope that they would do you the same. Because we all got one. But now we don't do that anymore. We used to be this way. Now we're this way. Yay? That's the team. For God has put... I'm sorry. This is 1 Corinthians 12... 24 through 27. But God has put the body together, giving each, I'm sorry, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. Well, we don't like that, do we? So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Can you just be glad you're on the team? If you're not equipped to run with the ball, if you're not equipped to take on the opponent, if you're not equipped for these kind of things, let somebody else do it. Because the goal here is, is to keep moving forward. We can't all be hands. We can't all be eyes. Jude 3. I use the New Living Translation for this one. Dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation that we share. Boy, see, see the excitement in there already? But now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith. Some of you are just blockers. Some of you just need to, to defend what God's doing in your community, in your household. Defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all with his holy people. You have been given everything you need to know. And you've been instructed on how to use it, the right way to use it, the gentle way to use it, the loving way to use it. And yet we still have people out there that just want to just hammer people with scripture when they won't apply it to their own lives. And yes, once in a while, if one of the weaker people of the church. Let, let's call them the new ones. They're, they're the ones that have just been found. If they get a little bit more attention than some of you that have lived this life forever and ever and ever. You were raised this way and you've known Christ since you were a little child. 
Can you understand that sometimes that person needs a little more uplifting than you? This is part of the team. A new player comes onto the team. Maybe they don't know all the play rules, all the playbook. Maybe they haven't memorized them all and all this stuff. Can you just sit down with them and say, come on, this is so cool you're with us. Come on, I'll go over the plays with you. This is what you should do. Be careful with this. You know, that can cause a lot of damage. Isn't that a team? Isn't that a team that you want to be on? If you, thank you. (laughs) I don't have any more t-shirts. Where's your zeal? Where's your excitement? Where, where is it? it it's, it's right now it's in, on, on Facebook about football. But yet, we reach the lost every day. We can make a difference in this world. The world can change. And we can do it. We're the team. The coach is instructing us how to do it. He's showing us. The Holy Spirit's guiding us and pushing us. Jesus Christ died for you. Check this out. Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is the salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Jesus Christ hung on a cross and died for you. You deserve death. The wages of sin is death. He hangs on a cross and sheds his blood for you. You do not deserve it. That's what grace is. And he holds back what you do deserve. That's the mercy. But he also demands justice. So those that will not come to him get what they deserve. Where are you at? Once you realize what Christ has done for you, once you realize that you don't have to pay that price anymore, you will erupt. You will have a tailgate party like never before. In fact, you will get so excited that when one of your friends does the same thing, you will celebrate like it's nobody's business. That's how church should be. We come in here, we train, we get ready, we go over the playbook. I'm not saying you need to bring them here. I'm saying you need to get them to somebody that can give them eternal life, give them the good news, introduce them to Jesus. And you know what? When you start to think about how good... Jesus is and what his plan was for us and why we do this. And when you want to be part of the team, you will start to hoot and holler. You will get excited. Your zeal will come back. You will be the salt of the earth and you will not be thrown out and trampled. You will be used by God. He will equip you. He'll give you the playbook and you'll know right where to go and right what to do. But you know what? While all this is going on, you're going to see a bunch of excitement. That should be all the rest of you getting so excited. But seriously, church should be exciting and it should be fun. And if anybody wants to have eternal life, all they got to do is ask one of us, if you're on the team, quit being an armchair quarterback and get out there and run the plays the way that you're supposed to, effectively, no Bible thumping. Be kind and gentle. Run the play the way God has intended you to run the play and you will have this fruit come out of you that cannot be stopped. That's the church. That's where the excitement comes in. When you realize what Jesus did for you, you should have this desire just to scream it from the rooftops. So go do it today. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. What you did for us, I can't even fathom. I don't even want to think about it. I have a child and I will not give her up for everybody else. That's why you're God and I'm not. God, thank you for sending Jesus to this earth 
And you know what? I want to be part of the team. I am a sinner. And I believe that Jesus is exactly who he said he was. And I want him to be the coach of my life. And God, from this day forward, I'm going to run with this playbook. I'm going to study it and do the best that I can. And I'll probably get sacked once in a while. But God, pick me up and move me forward. Show me your love. And I just want to be part of the team however you want to use me. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen.